0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz network. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Oz network as we continue our coverage of Australian Survivor season four. And another big week has happened So big in fact that of course we're bringing you a bonus episode Outside of our exit interviews and our weekly recap with former contestants Similar to what we had last week when we had a special episode with you A megacast round table with some other Australian Survivor podcasts This week we're doing a very similar thing But this time we're getting some Auslets from the vault this time around Some former Survivor Oz Ozlets who are dying to talk about this season Because really they haven't got much of an outlet At least that I know of, none of these two have gone off and formed a podcast behind my back that I know of. But anyway, uh, I'm very excited to welcome back. First of all, uh, he lives probably about half an hour from me, yet for some reason we're doing this over Facebook. But that's fine. It's Paul Luttrell. Paul, welcome back to the Oz Network.
1: Yeah, good to be here.
0: It's good to have you here. And uh, joining us from the plains of emus that are uh, not Olympic today because we generally only speak to this guy on uh, our other show, of course, off the podium, which you can download via iTunes, of course. Uh, it's Jared Lubick. Jared, welcome back to the Oz Network. Thank you. It's so
2: great to be back talking about Survivor. I've definitely missed
0: it. I, I should say welcome to the Oz Network, because I, I think you have not been on our uh, newly branded show, uh, I think, since it's been Survivor Oz, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep, that's correct. There you go. Look at that. Yeah, well, We've rectified this situation and uh, obviously got you back. But uh, a lot to talk about this week, a lot to talk about in terms of general the entire season. And I'll, I'll just start off straight away, right off the, the meat of the bat to steal a 12th man phrase. And I'll start with you, Jared. How how have you found this season? How have you found Survivor Australia Season 4?
2: I've been loving this season. I think, um, I don't know, it's just it's really kind of re-energised me about Survivor altogether. I think kind of the last couple of US seasons have been, um, I don't know, maybe not the best, and I just think this season has constantly hit throughout. I mean, there's been like a a few low points and minimal issues, but overall I think the the cast is great. Um the suspense has been great. There's never been kind of like a dominant group having control the whole way through, so I just think it's it's been really interesting to watch and I love having it on multiple nights of the week. I think we've lost that
0: M word, have we not? The dreaded moat chip word as well seems uh is this our very first Australian Survivor season with that word, it's not even been used. Um I I don't want to hear it again ever. Uh Paul, what about you? What's what's your what's your take on um this season so far?
1: Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I think it's grown up really fast. I mean, the change between the the previous season and this one is it's almost kind of like the change between uh, Borneo and the Australian Outback. We see people just accept that you know alliances and that strategy is is a big part of the game. And we've got past that whole the makeshift thing that you were talking about that just infuriated me. And people can understand that it's it's a game. You're out there to play for a million dollars. It's not personal. Um, and and yeah, we've had, we've had there's quite a few game players out there. I think that a lot of them are, uh, are fairly savvy. Um, maybe some of them are making some silly moves, but I'm I'm happy just to see people really prepared to make those moves. Um, it's it's good it's good television.
0: Uh, we obviously, talked a little bit on our roundtable last week in terms of just different categories of what we're going to discuss here today. And one of the ones I sort of brought up last week was what what has worked. And I kind of this is kind of a broad question in terms of you know anything really. And I just in terms of this one, it's more of a case of, Jared, you obviously mentioned it's kind of, you know, reinvigorated your, your passion for Survivor with such a great season. And you said you were a fan of the, the multi-episodes a week. So, this is got kind of like where you can both, I guess, give me some viewpoints whether, you know, you like the multi-episodes a week, you've liked the editing, you've liked the challenges. Just overall, this season, what is it that you maybe are feeling is making this, uh, obviously because you're both are enjoying this season, what is it that you feel has made that way? So, I'll start with, with you, Paul. What do you feel has worked this season?
1: Yeah, I I actually am quite a fan of the multi-episodes a week. I think that that works. I think that this season they've maybe cut out some of... or trimmed a bit of the fat, but still trying different things. I think that having two to three episodes a week gives room for, uh, you know, a bit more innovation. Maybe not all of it works, but I think that more often than not this season it's worked. Um, I think that we, we get to know the characters a little bit more, um, and i i I like essentially just to, um, basically being able to to develop the game a, a little bit more I like that it's moved on from the first time around and it, it does seem like it's more of a um, kind of cohesive whole whereas it was a bit fragmented last season um it didn't it didn't have that kind of direction and we didn't really know where it was going but I think that this this season it's been kind of incremental steps towards the end obviously and we haven't had any setbacks whereas there was a there was a whole thing with last season it was like is this show ever going to finish are they ever going to vote anyone out um but i think that this season we haven't had any of those stale patches it's all been kind of building towards the end
0: Inter- interesting jared what about you what's your take on uh, the things that have worked this season
2: yeah i think um the multi-episode per week has worked really well i think um, having to have those non-elimination episodes—if if you can imagine—if it was one episode a week and having it be a non-elimination episode, and then that was the only thing that you got for the whole week—that would be absolutely terrible. I mean, they're bad enough as they are <laughs> within kind of like a block of two or three episodes, but if that was the only episode of the week, I—I think you'd you'd lose viewers and people wouldn't come back because I mean it's just such a letdown. But I think um, I think the casting is better this season. Like, I didn't think it was bad last season, but there's not. I feel like I have an opinion on everybody and I've got to know everybody and there's nobody who I'm just couldn't care about at all. Like I either love people or I hate them. There's no people who I'm just meh about. Um, and I think, uh, the challenges have just been amazing this season. I, th- that's one of the things that people often complain about and they, they don't want to watch within an episode and it kind of gets to the challenge and you tune out. But I think having so much variety in the challenges and, um, just, yeah, just so not everything, not every tribe challenge being ending in a puzzle and not every mm-hmm. individual challenge is just being endurance has just been really well done. Yeah, I agree. The challenge
0: is 100% agree. And that's actually a very interesting point you make there with the... uh the non-elimination episodes kind of falling in a block there with multi-ones because, I mean, I, I've i been quite critical of the non-elimination ones and quite critical of the multi-night episodes, but I think you, you're onto something there and the fact that how would we perceive these non-elimination episodes when it comes to if this was a, a weekly show? Um, I mean, Paul, kind of, we can tie this into what hasn't worked as well, but, I mean, just, just before we get to that, I guess, I mean, what's kind of your take being on the, the non-elimination side of things? I mean, as a fan, is this... So Something that frustrates you or you can kind of overlook these a little bit?
1: It hasn't really bothered me so much this year just because I don't think we've had a lot of them. In a, we haven't, I don't, I'm not sure if we've even had any of them in a row whereas last season there definitely was a couple in a row and it really stood out um, and it just seemed like the show was kind of stagnating a little bit. But This season, yeah, it hasn't bothered me as much. I think sometimes it can serve a purpose. I liked, I did like the twist with, Tara and Annalise, and Annalise being uh, not not eliminated but voted over to the other tribe. I thought that that was interesting, and, and I like to see kind of new things thrown in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's 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 it hasn't bothered me this season. And, I mean, on
0: that then, moving in, I guess, to what hasn't worked, has there been anything for you glaring this time around, Paul, that you felt hasn't worked? Because, I mean, it seems like both of you are very much glowing on this season. I, I don't know if you guys even know if there's anything that hasn't worked this season.
1: Mm, oh, it's that super idol thing, which I I think that, well, it's kind of just another idol, isn't it? Ooh. Does Ziggy still have a, another, an idol? I think she one? does. Does she? Yeah, so, so the super yeah. idol was basically, it had, there was two idols. One was just a regular idol and the yeah. second idol was it could um, neutri- or basically get rid of someone else's idol when they played it
0: it wasn't it Which- wasn't like the super idol in the u s one where you had to either use it as separate ones or put them together I think this one basically you had two so like once she's used that one she's still got an individual one at least I'm pretty Jared that's I think do you know any different than yeah, that? that's right. That is right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay,
1: cool. So she's essentially, so she can vote someone out even if they've got an idol, which, I mean, uh, I guess it's a little bit different. I mean, someone who's got an idol thinks that they're safe, but it turns out they're not when this is used. But I thought that it was kind of wasted. I mean, she could have essentially just voted... They could have voted someone else out, in well, Tessa out, for instance, and then voted Annalise out the next week. So... To me, it was kind of a, the way it was played was a little bit, I thought, overrated. Um, I, I yeah, I just don't think it was as big of a deal as what it was made out to be.
0: So, other than that, you think everything's pretty much hunky dory right now? Nothing else you can see that hasn't really worked uh, nothing, this season?
1: Nothing's, nothing's, yeah, nothing's really standing out as huge to me. Uh, I I have been pretty uh, yeah pretty high on this season.
0: Oh, well, there you go, uh, Jared, Jar- Jar- What about you? Anything that uh, maybe you're, you're seeing here that hasn't necessarily worked this time around?
2: Um, I think there could still be a touch up on some of the editing. I think to me, the big kind of letdown this week, um, was with the Jared vote and just how he had such a, like, obvious spike in visibility. Um, and, but there was no countering that with, like, Luke had, like, a really flat episode. And Luke has been pretty much the star of the show. And for him to be kind of, like, the alternate boot and who's it going to be between them, that situation of him getting Practically zero content in the merge episode, and Jared just getting a whole bunch. Um, I think there's been a, like a few situations like that that are a bit of a, a letdown. Um, but apart from that, you no, know, I think everything's worked well. And I think kind of surprising in a way having two tribes and the alliances being so fluid, because that's obviously in the American version is something that they've steered away from now because they're concerned that you'll just get a pogonging. But to see kind of the two tribe. Um system work still is um is really good to see
0: mm that's a good point actually there with that too um with the the whole two tribe one there and it's it's kind of Because I think a lot of people thought that uh we were gonna have a the switch um was gonna you know put it to three tribes similar to what they've done in the u s one recently go from two to three but uh they steered away from that obviously we had what about three hundred and seventeen twists before the merge but um here we are, and uh, I mean that really kind of brings us into thoughts on the players. And we generally kind of lump this in, into who's hot and who's not. But I guess kind of, given we're only down to nine players now, we can probably just talk about them mainly individually and give you thoughts on them. But just before we get to the the nine that are remaining, just on the three that went home this week, you've obviously brought up Jared, there, your namesake, sort of, spelt differently but still the same name, uh, Annalise, and of course uh, the big one, Henry, that went uh, on Tuesday night. What was what was your take just quickly there, Jared, on, on the three that went home uh, on on this week? Were, was any of them uh, a big surprise to you? Uh, you know, how do you think uh, all three of those played?
2: Um, I think they all played fairly well. And I think they all were a bit of a surprise. I think just thinking about it, the one other big issue I have is um, which Channelton hasn't fixed is their advertising. Like, yes. I know that they want to get viewers in, but that whole like three massive blind sides, like every single episode, you kind of it gave you an inkling of who was going to go home, because you're like, if this person goes, that's not a blindside, but if this person does, it is. Um, so, yeah, I think that can kind of be tweaked a bit. Um, but no, I thought they all played a really good game. I think, um, I mean, Annalise getting voted out, but staying in kind of, it worked out well and in, in that we got to see more of her as a character, and she kind of came into her own after that twist um i think jared we could have probably seen a bit more content from him early on because it seemed like he did actually have a fairly big sway in um Summertown kind of getting together that group of of the outcasts and then i think henry was just great tv i think he made a lot of questionable moves um <laughs> just for the sake of making a move and and i would say that, that kind of came back to bite him but i mean he was interesting to watch and and it brings up lots of Points to debate when talking about his gameplay.
0: Now you're similar to me on this season, of course, where you had a namesake uh, on this uh, time around. It was a there's a small part of you that was happy that he didn't win, uh, given that uh, that means now that you still can become the first Australian Survivor winner called Jared.
2: Yes, and it would have been even better um, if it was the first boot because then there'd be a whole <laughs> lot of pressure off to, to do well when I get on.
0: Yeah, I've just basically got to go on the show and actually get an edit, so I, I'm fine. Um, Paul, what's your take on uh, Jared, Annalise and, and Henry's boots this week?
1: Well, I, I quite liked Jared's game up until uh, the merge. I thought that he was you know, just that kind of solid player that seemed reliable and always seemed to be able to, like, tell between when someone was bullshitting or, or whatever, especially with Michelle. I think he was about the only one that was really saying, look, obviously Michelle was going to say whatever she is going to say just to, you know, keep herself around for another day. I th- I, th- I really liked that he was able to just see through that where others, like Lockheed, couldn't. Um, but, yeah, he just became a little bit too fixated on, on getting out the one player, and I think that, you know... Cost in the game. Um, Annalise, yeah, interesting player. I guess she already was voted out once, um, but yeah, she showed that she was at least had some sort of game um, and was willing to, you know, try a few different things to to work with different players. So not not the worst player. I think she was alright. Henry, very very questionable. Some of the moves he did. I think that he got a he get it, and uh, was was playing like a, a big game. At least he was trying to. Um, but yeah, that that the swapping tribes that was to me that was someone who has a bit of a hero complex or something like that. Like I'm I'm going to win everything. I'm going to stand up and do this and whatever. Um, probably could have toned it down a little bit. Probably would have been in a much stronger position coming into the merge. But yeah. Um, what else can be said? I mean, he's he's gone now. Um, yeah, it's probably a, a fair position for him to finish in.
0: Yeah, it was an interesting one, that's for sure. And, of course, we obviously mentioned that uh, all three of these guys, of course, are going to be on the uh, jury, as we uh, obviously know. But, uh, yeah, rather, I guess, than the who's hot, who's not, we can probably just, yeah, lump these guys in. There's only nine of them to go through. So, I mean, I'll start with Peter. Uh, I mean, I- I've enjoyed Peter in terms of when we get to see him. I kind of think he's playing sort of this middle-of-the-road game. I mean, I know he's sort of targeted this week, but now that, obviously, the blind side has uh, happened there with Henry, that should give him a bit of leeway. So... I, I quite like Peter, and I, I personally would like to see him go far. I'm not sure if he can. He's kind of one of these middle players to me that potentially could, but potentially couldn't. I don't think he's one of these ones that you can really say, oh, he's definitely not going to win, or he's definitely going to win. Um, Paul, what's what's been your take on Peter?
1: Well, it's, it's interesting. I think he's done fairly well just to hang in there and stay in, but uh, every time he seems to have something going for him, it just seems to fall apart. Um, I think he, maybe he's a little bit too dependent on other power players doing things for him. Um, and he kind of just follows along, and then when that falls apart, you know, he trundles on. I mean, some could say that's a legitimate strategy, but it doesn't seem to be working too well for him at the moment. He's still in the game, but he's not really in a solid position. Um, but yeah, I've liked him. I've liked the fact that he's been able to recover and uh, and make new alliances. Um, and he seems to have a fairly good social game, so who knows? Maybe he'll go far. I don't think that he can win the game, but I think that maybe he could he can make it to the final Tribal Council.
0: Jared, what's your take being on uh, Mr. Cont, Peter Cont? I think it's Conte. Conte Cont, Peter.
1: Okay,
2: yeah. <laughs> I think he's he's definitely kind of the most quiet player left in the bunch. Um, but I think that. That's like a legitimate strategy and a good strategy too. I think in Australian Survivor with so many people you see that it's really dangerous to sort of come out of the blocks hard and, and and play great for, like with Henry, like 39 days just playing like at 100%. But ultimately the game's way longer than that. So so there's no point kind of coming out of the blocks that fast. But I think he's, he's done well. I think he hasn't really been in control a whole lot. But when he's had chances, I think when he... um when they had the mutiny twist, I think to take that was the obvious choice and a smart choice to do that. Um, but yeah, I think his fate is kind of a little bit out of his hands at this point, but he does seem to have yeah, good relationships with people. And I do like that his relationship with Tara is just the weirdest relationship. And does she <laughs> like him? Does she hate him? Like I can just never tell. Uh,
0: we'll get to Tara. Let's talk about Michelle now uh, because it's a favorite thing that she likes to hear about. Is talking about herself. Uh, so Jared, what's your take being on Michelle?
2: Michelle is one of these people who I would love to see get voted out. Um, I think she does a good job of talking, but ultimately, people should see through that. And she, I mean, she really should have gone that trouble that, that Ben went home, and I was really depressed that she didn't go because I would have liked to see Ben stick around. Yes, I, I agree. Paul, uh, Michelle.
1: Yeah, super annoying. But I have to give her props for being able to talk herself out of that hole and really, you know, get Ben. Um, to put his foot in it, uh, that was it was fairly impressive. Even though the others really should have been able to see through it, as, as Jared said. Um, but yeah, she managed to say the right things. Um, I mean, she's she's obviously got some something going on there. She's she's got a, a reasonable read on people. I think that her her sense of self is a little bit uh, inflated, um, <laughs> but. I don't know. I, I'm not sure that she can win similarly. I don't know if she's got the strongest social game. I think the others maybe. She rubs a few people the wrong way. Um, but I think that she could definitely get herself far.
0: The interesting thing about Michelle we discovered last night in our recap with, uh, with Sylvan and Deb was that she's actually the oldest player left in this game. She does not seem like she's the oldest. She's 33. Uh, she's actually a year older than Tara. She looks great for age. I just want to point that out to Michelle. Um, so I, I did not expect her to be... In the thirties, so uh just random little stat there that she's the oldest player left in this game. Um Lockie, uh he's been an interesting one, of course. Um and it was adamant that it was him going home this week. He tried to get Henry to obviously play that idol at the last minute, but uh Henry didn't listen to him. Uh I'll start with you, Paul, this time around. Uh what's your take been on uh Mr. Gilbert?
1: Yeah, Lockie. Uh Ooh, similar to Henry, I think that he's trying to play the big hero game and it's to me it's it screams kind of a bit of arrogance, I think. Um, I, I think that he somehow, whenever someone does something against him, they're kind of like the most evil person on earth kind of thing. Like, how dare you wrong me? There's a bit of self-righteousness to it. Um, but other than that, I think that he's been, I mean, he's played an alright social game, he's managed to keep himself in there when he was a really, really big target um, earlier on and he's he's kind of downplayed that a little bit um, to to basically, yeah, keep himself in it Um, I think that his days are coming to an end though Uh, there's no way that anyone's going to let Lockie get to the final Tribal Council I think that just based on you know the fact that he's been in a leadership position and everything for for a while um, is is really just going to you know people it's it's a red flag. People are going to see that he's a big threat and that he's probably going to win over a, a number of jury members. So I, I yeah, I'd, I'd say that Lockie's probably going to go in the next few episodes. Jared.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with everything that Paul said, but I really like him for those qualities of him being self-righteous and getting so indignant anytime somebody brings up his name. Um, and I just love that he's so unsubtle with his play. I, I still think back to um, when they had that whole vote to see who would go off to, to try and get the super idol and how he's like, oh, yeah, everyone should vote for me because blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it was just... He, he played it so bad and he's just... Every time somebody does something, even if it's not, like, a great movie, so amazed that somebody made a move, like, oh, so-and-so found an idol they're like the best player ever like he has clearly no really idea of of what makes a good strategist or a player um but i think that's really a likable quality just because he's such like a big oaf and i love that (laughs) he's this big he's this big kind of threat but like have we really seen him do like that great in challenges i think the last two he's kind of done okay but apart from that it's just this big thing of He's the big muscly guy. He's such a threat, but really he hasn't been all that crash hot in challenges, and it just it makes me laugh. Uh,
0: the funniest line I thought this week was, um, who was it talking to Michelle? Uh, was it when they were organising the Champagne Alliance? And Michelle's um, like, oh, yeah, they even manipulated Lockie. Who does that? Like, I think it was the most amazing thing. And I'm thinking, um, that probably wouldn't be that hard to manipulate Lockie. Um, just my opinion, but <laughs>
2: just yeah, I just thought agree. it was. It's just fun that somebody mentioned that I'm going to vote him out and he'll be on your side straight away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, now, next one, Jericho. Just, wow,
0: this guy is just so hard to read. I'm loving watching this guy, but. For us as podcasters, it's so hard to really get a read on his game. I mean, he has to be one of the most unique Survivor contestants we've ever seen play this game. Uh, Jared, what's what's been your take on uh, on dear old Jericho?
2: Jericho's been just really fun the whole way through. I loved, even though I think it did drag on a little bit, but the whole cookie thing and just, like, when he starts doing it, you're thinking, like, what is this idiot doing? But <laughs> the fact that... Like, it, it paid off, and he's, he's bringing all these people in and, and convincing them all that he's only sharing cookies with them, and um, I think that was really well played. I think since then he's been a little bit naive with things like the... Um, when Luke was trying to target Sarah and he just kind of had no idea, and even though Tara was trying to kind of bring it up to him, he's was like, no, he just told me we're voting for for um, Peter or whatever, um, and he just couldn't see that. And even this last episode where Sarah's kind of trying to convince him... Uh, about Henry giving him a clue that he'd already had. He's like, no, we went, we went off and we got it together. Like he just, he's a bit vague and doesn't get things straight away, but I think he's, he's just a really funny character and a great guy. Paul?
1: Yeah, love Jericho. I think he's been great uh, to watch. I, I like the fact that you can't get a proper read on him. It, it makes him a little bit unpredictable and you're not sure what he's going to do next, but he's played a really good game so far. I think socially he's been amazing. He was really the glue that held that Asanga tribe together. Um, and I, I like his relationship with Luke. To me, it's just it's hilarious. It's just a couple of oddballs that really are a bit of an odd couple. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Jericho has the potential to do really, really well in this game. I think that if he makes it to the Final Trouble Council, he'll be definitely scoring some votes, because it just seems like he's, he's well-liked by everyone.
0: Now, one of my favourites, uh, I love this woman, Tessa. Obviously, she was uh, right in the thick of it this week with that move against Henry, and she's just kind of been involved very early on, Was had a big middle patch there where we just didn't see her, and now she's right back into the thick of things, and I, I definitely think she's one to watch, and I think she's one that a lot of people had underestimated before the uh, the Henry vote, and maybe, obviously, they'll keep a bit of an eye on her now, and it's it's interesting it's in the preview for next week where kind of like every person is taking credit for that move, but I honestly think that was Tessa's move. Um, Paul, Tessa, what, what's your take on her?
1: Yeah, I like Tessa. I think she was behind the eight ball pretty early on, um, but managed to just, you know, tough it out. and has got herself into a, a reasonable position now. Um, she seems like she's got a pretty level head and uh, doesn't take it too personally when she's kind of... Um, oh, maybe, maybe with Tara she did a little bit, but other than that, I think that she's able to recover well and still work with people even after they've... Um, gone against her uh, yeah, so she seems to like she's got a good head on her shoulders I think that she's pretty bright um, yeah I, I'm, I'm just wondering how she'll be perceived if she does make it to the Final Trouble Council will the others really give her credit for certain moves or how she's played um, and is she really as well liked as, as the viewers anyway, perceive her um, so yeah
2: yeah, interesting point. Jared, what's your take on Tessa? I think she's a good player. I think, um, I mean, she did really well to kind of scrub herself out of a bad situation early on, um, just through like her, her social connections that she made. And then she disappeared, but now it's it's kind of good to see those qualities coming back. And I think, um, I mean, she made a major kind of blunder with handling Michelle uh, the night that Jared went home. But the fact that she she turned that around so quickly... Um, was good to see because w- when that happened, it was like is she, maybe she's not kind of as great a player as kind of we've seen her be, but I think then you kind of saw um, her come into her own, especially in the social game. I think that's where she's kind of really shined just to keep relationships open, and if something's failed, she's not afraid to kind of go back and, and try to work something out with that person again, which I think is, is a really helpful quality in the game.
0: Now we we'll move on to our, uh, next one. Probably the most hated, uh, in terms of, uh, social media and the fans. But one of the most interesting, like, I, I'm loving watching Tara. As I keep saying with Tara, whether you love her or hate her, she's, she's reality TV gold. She's just, she's a person you need to have. You know, you're either on Team Tara or you're against her. And for the most people, they're against her. Um, and she's one of these ones that just, Look, I, I I said it last night, now I'll recap, and I'll say it again. I think out of all these nine people, I would be safe to say by putting money on the fact that Tara is not winning this game. Um, but I think she's can get to the end as a goat. I think she's kind of a good person to take with you to get votes against her. But, uh, yeah, Jared, Tara. Yeah,
2: she's an, um, an interesting one. I think... Um the game has actually really benefited from her not going home because it's been such a point of contention and kind of there's a whole, like, she doesn't still deserve to be there and and how kind of um, hypocritical she comes across all the time at every single opportunity she gets. Um, but it's great because you need somebody like that who you're actively rooting against. Like, I, I don't want Tara to win, and each week I, I, I kind of want her to go home, but then in the back of mind there's that thing that if she goes home, then who else am I going to kind of want to go home at this point? So I, so it's that thing as she sticks around and it's actually really good um, TV because people just are so opinionated about her.
0: Yeah, so so you're you're on the uh, anti-Tara team though? You're not a Tara fan, judging on that?
2: <laughs> I'm not a Tara fan, but I do want her to stick around just so I can be not right. a Tara fan for a longer amount of time. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Uh, Paul, what's your take on Tara?
1: Um, yeah, I'm not a fan, but I think she's absolutely necessary to to the viewing experience because she just represents the casual viewer to me. It's, doesn't really know really anything about the game, still hanging around, and seems to just be going off instinct. Like, all of her reactions to everything, as, as Jared pointed out, she's hypocritical, but that seems like it's, like, if you didn't intellectualise any of like the gameplay or anything, that's how people would behave. It's like, how dare you wrong me, but then you'd go off and lie and try and get yourself further into the game anyway. So there is that kind of hypocrisy built in if you didn't, um, you know, think about the game and, and realise, okay, obviously that's the nature of the game, is to lie to people and progress yourself. But, yeah, she's been uh, good entertainment value. I think that she's driven a lot of the conflict, um... Within the at least early on with AK and that was kind of interesting. Um, I don't think she's got a shot in the hell of winning, but <laughs> who knows? Maybe she'll um, you know win them over in the final final Tribal Council if she makes it there. It seems like she's not really much of a target um, at this stage, so maybe she'll make it there.
0: One of my favorites this season, who really had an actually a quiet week this week compared to where she has been recently, are uh, Sarah. Uh, who, you know, I I definitely feel has a real good shot of winning this game, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Paul, what's your take being on Sarah?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one because I I think that Sarah has um, reasonable strategic chops, but I think that she thinks she's a little bit better than she actually is, which is, you know, just lacking a little bit of awareness um, I thought that her decision to flip was a little bit late. Um when they were in Asanga when Pete ended up taking the, the mutiny. Um she should have done it one earlier if she was going to flip. Obviously she would have got the numbers then. Um so that was a that's made me a little bit down on Sarah. But I do think that she has um some kind of you know strategic ability and um, she might be able to manoeuvre herself to the finish.
2: Uh, Jared? Yeah, she's she's been a contender kind of right from the get-go, uh, and she's done a really good job of of playing that middle ground and, and getting away with it, and people know that she's doing it, but everybody's kind of prepared to to forgive her and, and move on when she screws them over. I think the only thing um, that's made me not like Cerebi is just that I think she does kind of stand out if she goes on to win, um, as somebody who maybe kind of the edit was suggesting that from the start, um, but, and then also she took out everybody who I liked in a row, like, she, she, (laughs) she voted out Cyclone Joan, she voted (laughs) out Jackie, she voted out Kent, I mean, all the people who I liked on Asanga, um, were pretty much taken out by Sarah Flipping, so, um, I do not really like her for that, but she, she's played a good game. Stop pissing off Jared, Sarah. It's not very nice,
0: all right? When we get her on for the exit interview, if she decides to do it, I don't know if she's one of the ones that doesn't want to do it with us anymore, but uh, I'll, I'll, that'll be the first question I ask her. It's like, why did you piss off Jared Lubick, Sarah? It's not a nice thing to do, all right? Um, uh, speaking of somebody who probably won't end up doing an exit interview with me, but uh, Luke, uh, I'm not going to comment anymore on Luke. I think I've said enough this season, but Jared, <laughs> what's your take being on Luke?
2: I've really sort of come around to Luke in the last couple of weeks. I think originally it was kind of hard to tell. It's like, is he kind of playing this character? Is this really who he is? And you just remind me of people at like at school who who won't pay attention and muck up in class and are just the most infuriating people ever. <laughs> um, but lately, I think kind of his, his story has grown from that um, kind of just guy mucking up and just being silly to just getting kind of the emotions behind that and and learning more kind of about his family and his connection there. And I think I've been really impressed the last couple of weeks in how well he plays up his character. I think kind of the last Travel Council with Henry, he diffused that whole reward situation so well with the whole, I was just interested about the food, blah, blah, blah. And this is coming from the guy who's just had everything to eat at the auction, so clearly (laughs) he wasn't just interested in the food. But he plays plays up his character so well and it works so well because it just diffuses all those situations around him, and I think people know that he's playing the game, but he he hides it really well, and they kind of just figure that, oh, that's just Luke, he's just being Luke, and they don't really see how hard he's playing the game. I, I I just I love
0: that this week actually with him getting that um, auction twist. Um and like I actually think that was a great little twist. I think that was brilliant. Um so props to the uh, the producers for coming up with that one. And that, that that's a very fun little uh reward to get the auction and I always fucking love the auction. So I love that. That was great. Um Paul, your take on Luke?
1: Yeah, uh, similar to Jared, initially I was kind of... Uh, I mean, he does come across as a little bit full-on and you think, who is this douchebag or whatever? But that quickly changed. I reckon it was after an episode. I just saw how he reacted with other... how he was interacting with the other players and it, uh, I, it kind of that quality kind of became endearing. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with what Jared said. I think that this kind of playing the goofball and always laughing... I think that it masks a lot of the strategic play that he's coming up with, and I think that people can't really get a really good read on, on Luke, um, especially when he's lying, like with the, the jar of jam and stuff like that. I think people are still like, I'm pretty sure it's Luke, but I still can't tell if, if 100% because he's always got that stupid smirk on his face. Um, it, it just hides so much, and I think that it really does diffuse a lot of the conflict. Around him, um, he's playing a big brash game, but because he's just so uh, fun-loving and, and likable, people, you know, they don't—they're not really turned off by it. So uh, yeah, I—I I really enjoy watching Luke play.
0: Uh, final one. Uh probably my maybe my favourite left in the game. I've loved her since day one, and uh, I still think she's in with a huge shot of winning this game. Um, I must start with you, Jared, for this one, just because, uh, obviously, we've got the Olympic connection here with Ziggy. Uh, what's your take being on uh, Ziggy?
2: I think Ziggy's been awesome in the challenges, and I was kind of very high on her until kind of the whole um, super idle kind of debacle this week. Um, I just thought that was just a really... Poorly executed move, um, and I think oh, she's just kind of like come really bad about this whole situation. She's lost her. I feel like she's lost her key ally in Jared, and just after that, maybe without somebody to mentor her, or just not feeling super close to to one person, she's kind of panicked and and bombed her game in like two episodes. Um, I think she's. I don't know. She stands out like as a massive threat in the challenges, and I just don't see a way for her to kind of work her way to the end, given the people left. Interesting. Paul, what's your take on Ziggy?
1: Yeah, I I agree with Jared. I think that the play of the idol was ridiculous, uh, really was unnecessary, and she's just, yeah, coughed it up. Um, I think that, yeah, just had the itchy itchy trigger finger, wanted to do it uh, just, just for the sake of doing it. Um, but other than that, I think that she's, she's been reasonably good. I think that she's done well to not make herself into too much of a target. I think that she, given the nature of uh, the kinds of challenges that come up after the merge, um, she's going to be really, really well suited to them. Uh, she might be able to go on an immunity run and get herself to the end. Um, but yeah, I think she's just panicked uh, a little bit. Um, and maybe not, not not the greatest of kind of dealing with the, the Survivor strategic game.
0: Uh, now, I'm really moving now to getting your, your prediction for a... Give me a final two, final three, whatever you feel it might be. But just, also, I'd love to hear both of you what your who your pregame winner was. Uh, my pregame winner was Annalise, so she went this week. But uh, I'll start with you, Paul. Give me, a, give me a final two, final three again, whichever way you want to predict it. And also, who, who was your pregame winner?
1: Oh, my final two, final three at this stage is uh, Tara, Jericho, and Sarah.
0: Interesting. And
1: uh, final three. And then my final, and my pregame winner pick was Jared.
0: Ah, Interesting. Uh, Speaking of Jared, Jared, uh, who was your pregame winner's pick, and uh, what's your final two, three?
2: Uh, well, my pregame winner pick was the same, um, just because it was my namesake. So I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't really know that much about these people. Let's just pick the person called Jared, but secretly <laughs> hope that he doesn't win because then that's a lot of expectation. <laughs> um, and then final two, three. I think something similar. I think Jericho and Sarah will make the final two, and I think I would put Luke in the final three with them. Interesting. My
0: I, my final two last week, I think I said, was Ziggy and Annalise. Um, I'm still going to stick with Ziggy, and I'm going to go Ziggy, Tara, and Tessa. That's going to be my final three. Um, but I, I d- definitely don't uh, disagree with either of yours. I think they're very strong possibilities as well. Uh, now, what we've got here, I've got a few leftover questions from our recap last night that we obviously didn't get around to asking. Uh, either Sylvan or Deb. But uh, some of these I can definitely put to you guys, even though you haven't played the game. Some of these are specific to having played the game. But these are more opinion-based ones, which I think are a little bit of fun. Um So the first one here, Layla, sent in the question. Uh, Layla said, "'Am I the only one who found this to be the best week of Survivor in forever? Post-merge, every episode, alliances changing, screw last season, an amazing start.'" Uh, and then she adds, but do you guys think editing this made it too easy to pick who goes? Jared and Henry got the confessionals that made them too confident. Is Luke next to go? Um, I say with you, Jared, you obviously touched on that editing before. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> do you agree
2: with Layla? Is this, like, the best week of Survivor ever? <laughs> um, possibly, just because in the US there's only one episode a week. So, I mean, you've got kind of three episodes to one, so... I mean, to, like two good episodes would be better than one. We had we had three, um, so I think it's possible. And I think also it's added to the fact that at this point in the last Australian season, right after the merge, was that bit that really drad because it was just like a boggony and you knew who was going each time. Um, so yeah, I'd agree that it has been a really strong week. Paul.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's been really good. I, I love the fact that the yeah we you don't know exactly where the kind of uh, alliance lines uh, start and end. And, yeah, I, I was I was disappointed with the, the predictability of who was going out. I mean, in the editing, you don't have to give the kiss of death to the person who's eventually going to go home in every episode, in the first five minutes of every episode. I think the people picked up on that so far. Someone has an overconfident... Um, uh, confessional you, uh, that says, I'm, I'm going to win this game or things are going really well for me, that's pretty much a sign that they're going home. Yeah. And come on, get on to that. Don't, stop showing things like that.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Now, uh, Granny Survivor, our beloved listener, Granny Survivor. Sadly, we can't really ask these questions to Paul or Jared because they're kind of a little bit related to our guests. But one here, which uh, I'll put to Jared because I'm assuming, Paul, you wouldn't have. Jared, have you met any of the uh, Australian Survivor players uh, since last year? I mean, I know you're sort of uh, within the vicinity of Sydney. I mean, I don't know if you've gone to anything where you've actually had the chance to meet any of the guys yet.
2: I have not. Um, but if I see somebody, I will run up to them and mob them as fast as I can.
0: (laughs) And, Paul, I'm I'm guessing you wouldn't have unless uh, there's been secret ones. I mean, I know Craig came to Tasmania, but uh, unless you bumped into him in Tasmania. in uh, in
1: Survivor, at least this
0: season. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, So, thanks, Craig. Sorry we couldn't really get to those other ones there. Now, Paul Dutch, um, I mean, I think you both sort of answered this. Uh, He said, Dumb move, Ziggy, wasting this super idol on Annalise, not Henry later. Another idol is play uh, even a super idol, Ziggy might regret playing that early. I mean you both sort of answered that. Paul you don't have anything to add on that. You, you mentioned that you didn't think Ziggy played that well.
1: No I think that she just got uh, a little bit too anxious to play it and uh, wanted to do it for its own sake rather than for any really uh, well thought out strategic reason. So. Yeah.
0: And Jared you too you, you mentioned that before nothing to add on that either?
2: Yeah I just don't think that it put her in, in better stead than, than where she was. She knew kind of and least playing her idol would, would have taken out Loki who's a potential ally, but I think using the super idol when she wasn't in danger could potentially come back to bite her, and I kind of hope it does, because it would be great storytelling if then she does get taken out by an idol that she can't void. And I also think just saving Loki, it's not like it's somebody who has lots of pull with other people. Like, he's got a strong connection with kind of... Tara and Henry but Henry was calling the shot so maybe he has sway over Tara um, I mean if you're going to save somebody you really want them to feel like they owe you a lot and be somebody who can move you up in the pecking order which I don't think Henry I'm oh, sorry, Lockie had the ability to do
0: Good point. Uh, Sasha Pewterschmidt, I just wanted to say her name. She's got an amazing name. Uh, she asked a very similar question there with Ziggy. I just wanted to say your name there, Sasha, just because it's awesome. Uh, a lot of these ones here are kind of comments, which I might touch on in a closing bit. Uh, can't really answer that one. Uh, this one, I mean, this one's more directed at the two players, but the question by Ruth Marie here, how do you guys feel about 55 days compared to 39 days when you played? I mean... Paul, can I mean it's kind of going back to our multi episodes a week though. I mean, just to kind of put that in context, Henry this week was eliminated on day forty. So I mean, you know, he's already gone one day further than the most uh, most of the US seasons. I mean, if you're playing, if you get onto this show, is that going to change your mindset and how you play this game? Given that you've got an extra sixteen days, you've got to cope with compared to the thirty nine.
1: Well, definitely, it's going to be played at a, a different pace. I think that uh, you may need to relax on the intensity a little bit earlier. Um, and you know, it's it's like using the analogy of running. Essentially, you're not going to sprint off at the start. Um, you're going to try and find a, a more comfortable pace to go at. Um, yeah, it it seems like it, it would be uh, a little bit more physically draining. Um, and I think just playing that big bigger game, uh, you've got obviously more opportunities to to be voted out. So uh, maybe the strategy would differ a little bit there as well. I think maybe you need to shield yourself a little bit more. Um, yeah, I, I in terms of a viewer, viewer's perspective, last season I did notice the 55 days as being maybe a little bit too long and I was quite critical of it. This season, however, I've kind of enjoyed the, the extra time.
2: Interesting. Uh, Jared, anything to add on that? Yeah, I think similar things. I think you just kind of it, it changed the way um, that I suppose quote unquote you should play the game and that you it kind of makes sense to hang back a little bit more at the start. I think we're lucky that the people in this season didn't do that because it would be boring to watch even though I think it's a good strategy. Um, but yeah, I think it it's a bit too long and I kind of I wish that it was even I'm not I'm fine with the amount of people but just within kind of 39 days and kind of no Non-elimination episodes would be perfect I know the Italian
0: Version went for something ridiculous like 90 days or where was the Italian version? Because I remember when I, uh, interviewed, uh, in the lead up to Hearts of Reality one year, one of the celebrity contestants who was on that, um, it went for a ridiculously long amount of days, like, you know, yeah, nearly a hundred days. So, um, you know, it could be worse. <laughs> so let's <laughs> the, the factor that into, into mind. Uh, now one here actually, this is a, an interesting point, one that I don't think, uh, I've really thought of too much. Anna, uh, has a question here. So after Sunday's episode, we have a jury starting now. So it is at, is it a 10? person jury and a final 2 or a final 3 and nine jury members maybe production will pull a jury removal twist in episode 25 and have the final episode 26 just being the final 2 and reunion show that way we get a more get no more non-elimination episodes um that's interesting because i thought judged on where we're at right now we don't have any more non-eliminations but i might be wrong with my maths um, Jared, I mean, well, that's an interesting one. I guess it's kind of going into the final two, final three, because if you had a final three with nine jury members, you open up the possibility for a 3-3-3 three, three, three split. And obviously, if you have a 10 jury, then you've obviously got a possibility for a 5-5 five, five split there.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think, I feel like I've read somewhere, or, or maybe I'm making it up, just that the kind of, I suppose, the most believed idea at, at the moment is that there will be some kind of Jury removal twists, and that will potentially fill that last. um, I think there might be one non-kind of illumination episode left. If if I don't know, I think it's it's either there's one left. I'm pretty sure. Um, So I mean, that could kind of fill that spot. But yeah, it's interesting. I feel like they definitely wouldn't do uh, a final two with a ten-person jury. Um, And then I suppose the final three, you still could get a three-way tie. But I think maybe they're less concerned about that. Yeah, just quickly, Paul, before I get you there, I just
0: kind of loosely worked it out that, yeah, there there possibly is a none of the non elimination because if we went one per episode, if there's 26 episodes like there was last season, that means that at episode 24, we would be down to three people going into episode 25, unless episode 26 this year is classified as a reunion. Uh, so maybe we might only have 25 episodes of actual play, which should balance it out. If we have a final two, although then you're only going to have an episode of final two, aren't you? Never mind. Uh, so yeah, it looks like sadly we might have one more non-elimination episode there, unless saying what you're saying there, Jared, is correct. Paul, sorry. Uh, yeah, what's your, your your take on that?
1: Um, I'm I'm hoping there is some kind of twist where it's a a kind of a jury removal. I would I'd like to see a final two. Um, again, I, I always prefer the final two, I think that it makes it a little bit more prestigious and, um, yeah, it's a showdown essentially, I think a lot of the time with the final three you get it between two people anyway and the third person is just there as, you know, the third wheel that doesn't really get asked anything, so it's a little bit pointless. Um, yeah, uh, I mean it is probably less likely, uh, to end in a a 3-3-3 tie than a a 5-5 split. Um... I think there would be a little bit shit, though, having, yeah, a final three with, with nine jury members. Um, yeah, hopefully, hoping it's a final two.
0: We'll see how it plays out. And, I mean, we've only, based on what we've got left, should only have about three weeks left to go, two and a half weeks, three weeks left to go. So uh, we'll see how this all plays out. And, um, yeah, it's obviously that pointy end of the season now where things are really going to heat up and hopefully continue on this uh target that we've been aiming towards uh, with these strong episodes particularly this week so I will say to you guys this has been a lot of fun and uh, obviously we're trying to do an extra episode each week in terms of our roundtables now getting some form ozlets on the show just to kind of uh, continue this discussion Paul uh, I know you and I have obviously at least at the time of recording this we've just finished doing our updated rankings list which will be airing next week so uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to releasing that but for you I- I'm happy to have you back on the show and it's uh, been too long and uh, obviously we look forward to getting you again uh, in the future to talk more survival.
1: Yeah, it's 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 made me uh, realise how much I actually missed uh, having you know some people to talk about survival with <laughs> and discussing strategy. It's yeah, you don't uh, I don't get too many opportunities to kind of speak about it in a kind of any sort of formal way. So um, yeah, it's been good.
0: I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad you feel that way. And, Jared, as well, yourself. I mean, obviously, you know, been involved with you a lot in the last uh, 18 or so months uh, with the Olympics going on with uh, off the podium. But uh, good to have you back here to talk about Survivor. And, uh, yeah, again,
2: similar to Paul, we'll have to do this again. Yeah, sounds good. It's been great
0: fun. And there we go, roundtable discussion there with former Ozlets uh, Paul Luttrell and uh, Jared Lubick as well. Good fun. And as I just mentioned there, you would have heard me say it. I'm repeating myself, but uh, we plan on doing a few more of those moving forward in the final few weeks. Um, returning a few Ozlets back to the show to talk about uh, Australian Survivor as we uh, yeah really get towards the uh, the pointy end of this season. Now, I just wanted to touch on there. Um, In terms of our listener questions that obviously we didn't really get around to with uh, Sylvan and Deb last night and a few here that, of course, um, we couldn't really ask to Paul and Jared as well um granny survivor i love you uh you sent in a great bunch of questions i just want to read your comment here i can't really answer the question sadly uh but you said dear you are an angel you made me a really happy fan with craig last week on the podcast three hours of pure entertainment already excited to see him back in the future i'm hoping dear flick and phoebe are coming next but our survivor goddess sue is my next most wanted guest um flick as i mentioned last night hopefully will be next week's guest and uh, yeah, Phoebe definitely is on the cards, and uh, Sue. Well, we've never had Sue on before, and uh, as I mentioned last week with Craig, obviously we would very much like to have Sue on the show. Um, now, Sally, uh, also again a question here that I can't really answer because it's mainly directed to Sylvan and Deb, but uh, comment here by her says, "So loved your podcast last week, Ben. Keep up the good work." After the demands for Craig. Uh, To get him on What are the chances of flick and sue Will be next on the podcast Well just answer that one there Sally But thank you for your comment Uh, And the one here That I also wanted to get to uh, Actually no I'll get to that in a minute Uh, Another comment here Leah P uh, says I had the time of my life Listening to Craig From last week's podcast On my three hour hike You delivered an outstanding podcast Ben Such great questions Than just mine But nobody will hold a candle To Granny Survivors Millions of questions There you go Granny Survivor. You've got another fan Uh, Already expecting another great one When Craig returns to the podcast For season 35 Recapping, hopefully, Flick will come in the next weeks. Flick is the new Craig, clearly. uh, Definitely the one uh, that is getting all the requests. And as I said, hopefully next week. I will confirm on the weekend uh, whether we have her on or not. Now, the one that I wanted to get to here, uh, Richard. Now, Richard was the one in our um, multicast, uh, megacast episode last week that suggested the great idea of the Australian Survivor Hall of Fame. Um, Now, he actually sent in two different questions here, so bear with me while I read these. He first of all said, Ben, I'm thrilled you love my idea of the Survivor Hall of Fame. Much appreciated. I can't wait to see you doing this thumbs up. Then in his second message, he uh, added, Ben, I'm I'm so thrilled you love my idea for the Hall of Fame. I'm definitely excited that you are going to put the idea to good use and involve other podcasts. Well done. If you choose to do it after this current season finishes, picking players across four seasons or two, including just Channel 10 years. Now, just my suggestion, but perhaps if you move forward, it would make makes sense to do it every couple of years with 48 players to pick from. Otherwise, the Hall of Fame loses its appeal just picking players after each season ends and it would feel like a popularity contest. Um, I completely agree with you Richard I think that is a very very valid point and that was kind of one thing that I've been questioning with this idea of how we would do it because I guess the difference uh, that you would have uh, between the Australian version and the US version is that obviously when the US version started you had 10 good years worth of uh, survivor contestants to choose from so therefore they can still kind of do it yearly because you've still got a, a much bigger pool that you can choose from from the uh, original days and obviously they have a little bit more of a, uh, a rule base there that you can't have played in the last 12 months and things like that which would make it kind of hard for us doing a Hall of Fame um, based on that and that alone. So what I think maybe we might implement uh, some just suggestions moving forward with this is um, we might possibly... Maybe do it for the, again, the end of this season, uh, just from the first four seasons. And then, as you said, do it every couple of years, maybe every 48 players. Or maybe we might even sort of cap it at uh, maybe doing it for the first three seasons, implementing you can't have played in the last 12 months, and then maybe do it every two years or something along those lines. Because I guess the, the issue that I might think would be a problem moving forward, and particularly given that we would want to encompass season one and season two players, Is that, um, you know, the votes would mainly go down to obviously, I think a lot of people this year would be voting for people like AK and and Henry and Luke. And I'm not trying to take away from the fact that they don't deserve Hall of Fame spots, but it's going on that popularity contest. And I don't know whether or not we can have a Hall of Fame uh, where you have. You know, the three inductees in the first year being from the most recent season and even overlooking last year's Channel 10 season. So, my idea just based on that alone, Richard, to kind of take your idea into context that if we do do it straight away this season, at the end of this season, which I think would be a great idea, is that we only allow the first three seasons to be voted for. So, obviously, last year's Channel 10 season, the celebrity version from uh, Channel 7 in 2006 and the Channel 9 version in 2002. Um, and then probably have a similar thing where maybe we have 50% of votes weighted on a panel and 50% voted weighted on the general public. So uh, keep an eye out for that because um, I think that he's got a very valid idea, and I'm going to be communicating with these other podcasts that we had involved last week to kind of come up with some ground rules because I think it' very similar based on the US version uh, of the Hall of Fame, and I think that maybe uh, your your rule there might be a very strong one, have it every couple of years as opposed to every year and just wait till we have sort of 48 players to choose from there. So, moving forward, we'll uh, we'll consider the options there and we'll obviously keep you updated should that be something we implement uh, at the end of this season. Uh, but obviously, at least we'll be doing our uh, own rankings on, on this show alone. That won't involve any other shows, but similar to what we've done with the US version, we will uh, be ranking uh, all the players. And I think I said 72. There's actually 76 Australian survivors who have played this game over the four seasons. So, uh, that will be a, quite an interesting little... Um, uh, a little... Uh, task that we will be doing. So, uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, very much looking forward to bringing you that at the conclusion of this season. But as always, we close out these by, uh, just informing you the things that you already know. Exit interviews will come your way next week, depending on not whether or not we have, uh, two or three eliminated contestants next week. Obviously, we look like we will have a non elimination episode at some point. Uh, and of course, also the little factor there of whether or not they decide to talk to us or not. We cannot, uh, control that or not, folks. Uh, so sadly, if, uh, for whatever reason they decide not to talk to us, On things that we may or may not have said in the past That's entirely up to the contestants moving forward So uh, we apologise on behalf of us As a show trying to bring you a product um that the contestants want to feel that way about our show but hey again there's nothing we can do to change their minds uh but of course we will have our recap episode next week too as i keep saying hopefully it will be flick stay tuned to our pages on the weekend and we will update you as to who will be on the show and of course outside of australian survivor uh u.s survivor starts in exactly one week's time get excited for heroes hustlers and healers and we were having our preview episode this weekend that we are recording with everybody's favourite second boot from Survivor. Hashtag bring back Billy. Billy Garcia will be joining myself and Canada's number one Survivor expert Colin Hilding as we go through all the cast members and look ahead to season 35 of the US version. The granddaddy's back and that's where we were born from. And we're looking forward to continuing our lifespan through uh Survivor for another season. Likes us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and remember to subscribe on iTunes if you are there, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you do listen to our show. And as always, we do appreciate feedback and uh, any comments you can give. Uh, Obviously, you know it doesn't really uh, probably mean much to you guys out there uh, in terms of that, but it obviously helps us get spread the word a little bit more about our show. So if you are a a valid an avid listener, a valid listener, of course, too, uh, please by all means, if you could leave us uh, some ratings and some feedback on those services. uh, particularly on iTunes, uh, we would very much appreciate that uh, along the way. My name has been Ben. Thanks again to Jared and Paul for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. And we will continue to talk more about Survivor, Australian Survivor, and everything else under the sun here on the Oz Network. Until then, good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.